And we continue to preach Christ from the tabernacle symbolism. This morning we just read together that when Jesus died, the temple curtain tore from top to bottom. I'd like to consider this morning the Lord Jesus Christ veiled in flesh, to borrow one of Mr. Um, Wesley's lines, and hark the herald angels sing, veiled in flesh. He says, the Godhead see. I simply uh, entitle this, veiled in flesh, the glory see of our Lord Jesus. I'd like us to turn to just a couple passages. The origin of the uh, building of the veil between the holy and the most holy places in the tabernacle and then the temple. And it continued in Herod's temple that was 46 years in building. So we're in Exodus chapter 26 and then we'll be turning to Hebrews chapter 10. Exodus 26, commencing at verse 31. Exodus 26, 31. And thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen of cunning work. With cherubim shall it be made. In other words, the cherubim are woven or embroidered into the fabric. And thou shalt hang it upon four pillars of shittim wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be of gold upon the four sockets of silver. And thou shalt hang up the veil under the tashes that thou mayest bring in thither within the veil the ark of the testimony. And the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. And so, keeping your thoughts there as well, we turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We'll start with verse 9. Then said he, that is, Jesus is prophesied, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Wherefore the Holy Spirit also is a witness to us, 
For after that He had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put My laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful to promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. The tabernacle as we read in Exodus 26 and the temple found in 2 Chronicles 3 had curtains or veils that separated the two inner rooms. They were both made of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn or fine twined linen with angels called cherubim embroidered or woven into the material. Think of the beauty that they must have that, that, that must have met the eye of the high priest once a year, or I'm sorry, the, the priests that were ministering in the holy place at the lamp, the table of bread, and the golden altar. And that veil was that which covered the Ark of the Covenant when the Israelites traveled from place to place and so the people got to see the the beauty of the veil think of the the uh, the blue and then the the transition from blue to purple to scarlet red and how it must have met the eye and you see the blue and the and the red are purple and so you, it just must have been a gorgeous gorgeous curtain. It was about uh, 12 by 15 feet in, the, in the, uh, the tabernacle. But at the time of Jesus, we're told, this is uh, a man, a historian named Josephus says that the temple curtain was 80 feet, he, called, he said 55 cubits tall, and about 30 uh, feet Wide. So think about what we just read, that the temple curtain that ripped from top to bottom was about 80 feet tall and about 30 feet wide. And it was folded material. And you know, you've heard different, different uh, explanations that even a team of horses could not have ripped that thing in two or, or that it, it, if, you, as they, if they carried it, 300 men would have to carry such a huge veil or curtain. But the Bible tells us something about this veil. Hebrews 10 verse 20 calls the veil Christ's flesh. 
Jesus' humanity, if you will, especially the body that He took that God had prepared for Him. We know something about veils and curtains. Think about a bride's veil. Like Rebecca put a veil upon her face before she met Isaac, her husband. And there's something about a veil that conceals, but yet it's something about a veil that teases, that anticipates the unveiling of it's not a veil that's permanent. You think about room curtains that veil the sunlight, but yet, again, the anticipation is to open those curtains and let the sunlight in. Think about Moses put a veil on his face to uh, not so much conceal the glory, but to conceal that the glory was fading. Uh, He needed to be in the presence of God over and over again to keep that glow, that that sense of God's presence. You and I can't rely upon last week or yesterday or even this morning, but we worship the Lord throughout the day, evening and morning, and at noon will I pray and cry aloud. We know something about curtains. Curtains, if we've gone to a play, that, that at first conceal the actors and actresses and then we anticipate that that curtain is going to open, but we've seen curtains that are thick, that are uh, impossible for a person just to go up and rip this thing. Uh, it, is, it is so thick. Some say that, read this where the curtain in Herod's temple was a hand's breadth wide, four inches wide with such folded material. Must have been uh, heavy, obviously, and, and uh, certainly did its job. And the Holy of Holies would have been a very dark place unless once a year they opened that curtain. Remember, there was a glorious, pure gold ark and mercy seat in that Holy of Holies. But the veil, the curtain was there to conceal for a time, saying that man is barred from the very presence of God unless God devises a way in which man can get beyond that veil. The Bible tells us that the veil is the body of the Lord Jesus. Again, in Israel, only the high priest once a year, or the Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, could enter, and not without blood. This showed the unworthiness of man to draw near to God, and yet the anticipated fellowship with God through Christ, the sacrifice, who is the Son of God taking flesh unto Himself. Hebrews 10 again, because Christ has died and the veil has ripped, We have boldness to enter into the holiest of all by the blood of Jesus. It's a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. So therefore, let us draw near to Him. Let us see how close we are to His second coming and and exhort each other in public worship regularly as we see the day approaching. Eighty by thirty feet. 
How does this veil or curtain symbolize Jesus' flesh? Veiled in flesh, the glory see. The first thing we see is that Christ was veiled in flesh. That is, this, His flesh, His humanity, veiled His deity. As it were, it concealed His deity. Humanity was in the foreground. Deity was in the background. The curtain concealed the glory for a time. Beyond the curtain, there was splendor and shining as the glorious ark and mercy seat of pure gold was beyond the curtain for a time. Christ as God is pictured by that ark of the covenant by whom, in whom resides God's law. The tables of, of stone were inside that box. A representation of manna. Jesus is the manna from heaven and the the rod of Aaron that budded. Jesus is the one who is the superior priest. But the Bible is teaching that the Son of God took humanity into union with His divine nature. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He says, A body hast thou prepared for me. And so, as Jesus walked on the earth, they didn't see the Shekinah glory It was concealed for a time. He was veiled in flesh. They saw Jesus the man, and He's perfect man. He's 100% humanity. He was conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit. He was born of Mary. He was a babe in a manger. He was born among cattle in poverty sore, living in meekness by Galilee's shore, dying in... Shame is the wicked one swore. Jesus, wonderful Lord. A young person asking and answering questions. Subject to his parents. A carpenter throughout the week learning this trade and working diligently to care for his family. To give to those that are in need. He was... Increasing as a man in wisdom, the mental faculties, in stature, the physical faculties, in favor with God, his spiritual faculties, and in favor with man, his social faculties. Misunderstood by family. Not, he did not come, even though he was the Son of God, to be served, but to serve and to give himself a ransom for many. Remember Philippians 2. He made Himself of no reputation. He was made in the likeness of men. He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You see the curtain that concealed the glory of the Son of God. They only saw David's Son. There was no halo over His head. There was no glow coming from His face. Matter of fact, it says there was no beauty that we should desire Him. No handsomeness. He chose a face that wasn't wasn't attractive to the eye, as it were. And when He said to those Pharisees, Whose Son is Christ? 
He must have snickered. You're asking me a kindergartner's question. David's son. And that's all they could see in Jesus as coming from the tribe of Judah, being a descendant of David. And they thought that Jesus must have been a lesser figure than David, being a descendant. But Jesus agreed with them. He didn't disagree that he that the, the Christ was a descendant of David. He accepted the, the call, the cries, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. But this curtain remained between the holy and the most holy places, concealing the glory. And so Jesus' humanity concealed His glory, though at times the glory shone forth. It concealed the glory for three and thirty years. And today, people still only see the curtain. The curtain's still over their eyes. As the Bible says, the veil still is over people's eyes. They only see Jesus as a good prophet. They only see Him as a religious figure on par with all the other religious figures. What is it, 4,200 religions in the world? And Jesus is just one leader of, an, of one of the 4,200. Oh, how even believers, we underestimate the glory of Christ. We only see Him as sympathetic, weak, human Jesus. And sometimes we approach Him as one who is only the descendant of David, only a man. Oh, that God would lift our hearts. Oh, we do see Him as true human. And humanity forever. We do see the curtain. But is that all we see? We all, all we see, you know, it's, it's a curtain that was of blue and purple and scarlet with cherubim woven into it. Oh, the, we see Christ as, as beauty, glorious man. He's the God-man. He's the man that never sinned. The man that, that shows us how we might be humble and how we might serve God and, and how we might walk and navigate in this sinful world. The blue... Doesn't the blue, and we have some blue shining through, there's some clouds, but the blueness of the sky, isn't it amazing? It speaks of the, it speaks of God's glory. And the purple, perhaps speaking of His, His majesty, and the scarlet, perhaps speaking of, especially His humanity, especially His humble humanity, in that He would shed His blood for us on a cross. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Glorious man. But if that's all we see, that Jesus is a man, then the veil is still over our, our faces. We have, not, we have not seen the glory of God and experienced the salvation that comes through the Lord Jesus. But secondly, the curtain unveiled 
reveals the glory of God. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record that great event. Behold, it says, the curtain rent in two. It's the same word used of the rocks that rent. The ripping of the curtain. Think about the the, the uh, sudden and quick ripping of a curtain that thick, 80 feet, several stories high, and, and about 30 feet even wider than this room. Think of a curtain that size and the noise that it must have made for a long distance. It says it, was, it happened when Jesus died. There was a connection between the death of Jesus and the ripping of that curtain. In other words, the fact that it, they, it's recorded that it was from top to bottom shows that it was a supernatural event. It came from above. It didn't rip from the bottom to the top. No man did it. God did it. The Lord did it. Why did He do it? Why did Jesus die? In other words, now the anticipated view into the holiest of holies, the, the curtain opened. And the Bible says a new and living way to God opened up. No more blood of bulls and goats. The high priest doesn't have a curtain in, in order to get inside that curtain. There was no, there was no, uh, there were two curtains. It was one curtain. They had to, he had to, he had to push that 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 side beam, that side pole away to get inside the holy of holies. No one ever dared to do it except the high priest. But only once a year. Again, showing that these were only shadows in the Old Testament. Jesus, the Son of God, had to die for our sins for there to be complete openness and the salvation of sinners, that God could save sinners from Abel to the last sinner saved, perhaps the thief on the cross, before Jesus died. In anticipation of the fact that Jesus is the way to salvation. God could save Abel. God could save Noah. God could save Esther. God could save... Uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah. He could save sinners on credit, as it were. Because the blood of bulls and goats and pigeons could not take away Abel and Moses and Noah's and Esther's sins. Jesus had to die. And God was so confident in the promise of sending Jesus and that the Son of God would be willing and He would become man and accomplish our salvation and atone for our sins, that all those saints could be in heaven. And believe me, they weren't biting their nails and, and looking down from heaven's heights. Is Jesus going to die for me? Am I going to be cast out of heaven because He failed to accomplish my redemption? Oh no, they were confident. And what a... What a declaration that must have been an announcement when the Son of God said to everyone in heaven at that day, I'm going. I'm leaving, as it were. I'm going to be born in the womb of 
the Virgin Mary. Oh, heaven must have erupted at the time. And the angels who left heaven to sing in the atmosphere around Bethlehem, oh, that must have been a thrill to the saints that were there and all the rest of the angels. Now is the time, the fullness of time, that God would send forth His Son to be made of a woman and made under the law to redeem those that were under the law. He'll do it. We know He'll succeed. We won't be cast out of heaven. And so, the glory was revealed when that curtain was ripped, when Jesus died. Oh, again, there had been outbursts beforehand. He turned the water into wine. He raised the dead. He stilled stilled the storm. He healed the blind. He walked on the waves. He multiplied the food and commanded a fish. He He had intimate knowledge of souls. He felled a mob that came to arrest Him. He was transfigured on the mountain. When Jesus died, the glory began to be seen even outside by a centurion and some of the soldiers. They must have heard perhaps the temple curtain rip. But even if they didn't, they certainly could see beyond the humanity of Christ when they said, Surely this was the Son of God. What a resounding noise that took place for a long distance. I wonder about those priests that were in that room. What did they do? They must have been shocked and startled when they heard and looked and that curtain was ripping in two. I wonder if they, were, if they fell on their backs at that instant. And I wonder if they, if all, if many of them got together and tried to push, push that curtain back together. It must have been amazing to the high priest who was the one that had Jesus arrested. My, my glorious moment is ruined once a year going into the holy place. It's over with. As it were, God was commanding judgment upon dead religion, trusting in the blood of bulls and goats. When the curtain ripped, the earthquake took place and the rocks rent. Graves were opened. The sun began to break through, brother and sister. The darkness of three hours ended. And at the moment that that curtain ripped in two, the sun began to shine. You see the simultaneous events taking place. At the, at the one moment, the cosmic crime of killing the Son of God and the cosmic uh, grace of salvation that sinners are saved by the death of Jesus Christ. As the centurion said, Jesus is God. Jesus opened heaven to sinners. This was that symbolic event. God was symbolizing several things. Dead religion is judged. The true religion is is revealed. 
that Jesus is the Son of God and believing in Him will have eternal life. God was causing the ceremonial law to be obsolete, giving it a, 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 a uh, honorable burial. No more blood of bulls and goats. The horrific murder of Christ, but salvation by His death and the light of the Gospel now shining in. See, there had been no kind of glory in Herod's temple. It had been dead religion. Remember, it was the Shekinah glory. And so, if there was light in the Holy of Holies, it was the Shekinah glory. And I look back and made a statement that it had been dark. But if the Shekinah glory was there as they opened that curtain, then they would have seen the Ark of the Covenant. It wouldn't have been a dark piece of furniture. The Shekinah glory would be shining. But it had been dark for the longest time until the Lord Jesus Christ died and that curtain opened and the light from the lamp shone into the Holy of Holies saying, a new and living way has been opened to us. That curtain had concealed His glory, but now the curtain was ripped in two and His glory was seen and shone forth. And I say that the curtain of Christ's humanity remains but now the back is now in his humanity is in the background and not in the foreground. John, one of his beloved disciples, saw his glory. Revelation chapter one, the vision of Christ. Remember when Thomas saw Jesus, it wasn't so much the humanity, he said, My Lord and my God. He was seeing the glory and not just the humanity. John turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw the one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt about the paps with a golden girdle. He had a sash like a king. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes as a flame of fire. His feet like unto Bronze is burned in a furnace. His voice is the sound of many waters. Never mind the ocean noise. Oh, to hear the voice of Jesus. The authority, the power, the majesty. Out of His mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And His countenance as the sun shining in its strength. Oh, the glory of Christ now remains. Though He be a man, yet He is first and foremost God. His Shekinah glory shines through His humanity. We will see the man Jesus when we get to heaven, but we will see the God-man Jesus. Again, as, as Mr. Wesley in his hymn said, Not, He's veiled in flesh the Godhead see, but hail the incarnate deity veiled in flesh. But now, the incarnate deity. He's the root first and then the offspring of David. He's David's sovereign Lord. Oh, that curtain speaks of Christ. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The way of the cross is 
It is the way of salvation. The way of the incarnation of the Son of God is the way to heaven. The cherubim that were guarding the way to the tree of life with the flaming swords are woven into that. They're His servants. The, the angels are serving us, doing Christ's will. There's no flaming sword anymore to God's presence. There's a new and living way opened up by the Lord Jesus Christ. The blue, He is deity. He is God. He is the purple, royalty and majesty. The scarlet, oh Christ's humanity and humility as a sacrifice for our sins. The angels attending, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. They're inferior to the Son. They're His servants. Christ's rent body restores man to God. A new and living way. No longer by types and shadows. Oh, we appreciated those shadows, those pictures of Christ, like we appreciate pictures of our loved ones when they're away. But why do we need to look at the pictures when we're, our loved one is standing in front of us? Now we have the person and work of Christ before us. And so again, the question comes, what think ye of Christ? Do you think of Christ at all? We ought to think of Christ. Our thoughts of Christ are too low. Oh, we would think highly of Christ. Lord, The Lord thinks upon us. Oh, may our thoughts focus upon Him. This is His day. May He be honored. God's throne of mercy is open to repentant sinners. The Word is there to repentant sinners come boldly, not irreverently, but boldly, openly, to the throne of grace. It's open. The curtain is ripped. Christ has died. The glory is revealed. It's to your eternal damnation if you reject the way of Christ to heaven. If you choose the way of works righteousness or the work or, or one of 4,200 other religions, it will be to your shame and everlasting contempt. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy. We need mercy. Not justice. We do get justice because Jesus died for us. But not justice without mercy. In Christ, righteousness and mercy meet together. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know Him? Are you saved by Him? You can't, you can't be wrong in this. You can't dare to die without Christ without seeing through that ripped veil to His glory and to trust that His death secured salvation, eternal salvation for our undeserving, wretched, sinful souls. Veiled in flesh, the glory see. Hail the incarnate Deity. 
Oh, Father in heaven, thank you for your Son. Pray that you would magnify him in our eyes. Take the, take the veil off, Lord. We are so blinded. We too, like the Pharisees, often underestimate the Lord Jesus as merely a man or the Son of David, that He is. We believe, Lord, that He is the Sovereign of David. He is the root as well as the offspring of David. He is the Son of God. He is our Redeemer, our Rock. He is the Good Shepherd, the True Vine, the Bread of Life. He is our salvation, our goodness, our all in all. O oh, lift our hearts heavenward to Christ. O oh, God, I pray that we would not neglect worship and prayer. Oh, please help us to see that now that the way is opened up, the liberty, the responsibility, the privilege is ours. Oh, what a detriment if we neglect so great a salvation if we neglect so great a privilege of worshiping Thee with the little time that we have left. Oh, please, Lord, bless our congregation. Have mercy upon us. We pray that You'd bless all the living churches. Revive Thy work in the midst of the year. Show us Christ. Show us, Lord, the symbolism and the truth of the ripped curtain from top to bottom. We would not have dead and lifeless religion, but oh, may we thrive worshiping Christ, worshiping our God through the Mediator. Lord, breathe life into the true church. Send revival, Lord. Save sinners. Awaken the backslidden. Please visit us, Lord. Help us to be sincere with our repentance. As the Proverbs says, He that covers his sin shall not prosper, but he that confesseth and forsaketh it shall have mercy. Hear our prayers. Continue to bless Your Word throughout the world. Wreak havoc to the devil's kingdom. Hasten Your return, Lord Jesus. We pray in Your name. Amen.